honest, when the lights went out during worship, I used it as an opportunity to put my arm around Heather. <laughs> Gently move in. She grabbed my hand and we were holding hands just like that. So anyway, my wife is holier than me, but I'm preaching for this morning, okay? Happy 3rd of July. So glad you're here. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Cowboy Junction Church for all our online campus. Welcome. We have a lot of people watching today because they are on the 4th of July. We've got a lot of influencers that are watching. They have a lot of followers and they're telling their friends, you've got to watch this series. And last week we kicked off a series at Cowboy Junction called this, I Just Want to Be Happy. And we discussed how the world will tell you all the things that are going to make you happy. Do this, be here, smoke that. <laughs> and so it, it, it's this warning that... Do those things ever make you happy? And the reality is, is, according to most of our definitions, they could. They could. But we find ourselves happy to only find ourselves unhappy again. And it's not the real happiness we're looking for, the long-lasting full of happiness. How do you stay happy, I think, is the real question. How do you stay happy? And so we've been on this series and we've been discussing a question, okay? It's the question that I asked you guys. Have, here's the question. What makes you happy? What makes you happy? And one of the things we discussed last week was Jesus is full of these incredible one-liners and, and, and incredible illustrations about happiness. But most people would say, and theologians would say, hey, there's nowhere in the Bible you see the word happy used a lot. And you're right. You're right. But Jesus uses other words, and for the benefit of us all being able to come together, we've taken these words and kind of built them around the word happiness. Okay? Now we ask the question, what makes you happy? And one of the things that we found out Jesus kind of points towards is that no thing will ever make you happy. This was last week's message. No thing is ever going to make you happy, okay? But it doesn't mean that you can't be happy. But we've got to start somewhere. And last week we started around this, and we came to the conclusion, this one point, okay? Happiness is more about a who than a what. And that surprised a lot of people because the who's were making a whole lot of problems in your life. However, this is one of the things Jesus shines a light on in that the who's in our life is the very thing that are there to bring purpose and joy and happiness. If you didn't get to listen to last week's happiness message, please go listen to it. Not right now, but later on, okay? But today we're going to continue this, okay? And so here's what we're going to do today. When talking about the words that Jesus used all throughout Scripture— and we're kind of using those words, pointing towards the words happiness. One of the things Jesus said was blessed. And when he said blessed, if you look at the, uh, the, the, uh, the interpretation of that word, you'll see that it's pointing towards highly favored. It's looking towards a happiness. And he's saying you're happy when. Now, so in today's message... We're going to look at something that we looked at about six months ago, but I think it's good for us to bring it back because what we're going to look at today is known as the Beatitudes, okay? Jesus starts every sentence off with, you're blessed when, okay? Another way of saying it for today's audience, you're happy 
win. And at the end of this message, here's what's going to happen. You're going to have this whole big moment of where you are, are, are just like get this message about what Jesus' Sermon on the Mount looked like. But you're going to come to the end of the message and have to take a look at not only what Jesus had to say, but a behind-the-scenes implication, invitation to this behind-the-scenes happiness that Jesus brings up, okay? So, let me ask, is there anybody in the room, don't answer, don't answer, please, don't, let's just agree right now, you just want to be happy, and you find yourself happy, but am I really happy? I want to tell you something, this is me calling the time out in the message, I couldn't wait to speak on today's message. This message today is my life. This message today, I, I, I teared up all through the week thinking how much I have lived this message. And can I just be very blunt and tell you, you're gonna hate it. But at the end, you're gonna really be happy that you heard it, okay? So, what does Jesus have to say? Sermon on the Mount. Jesus begins, sits down and he turns and says, and when Jesus saw the crowds, crowds of people, this was his, his close 12, his close 100, and, and, and then all his followers, when all the crowds came around him, he went up on the mountainside and he sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach them, okay? This is what we refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. I think you'll find that even if you aren't a believer in here, there's some really good wisdom in what Jesus has to say. And Jesus jumps out and said, blessed are, happy is the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And this doesn't sound like a very happy statement. This doesn't sound like you're really being blessed. And we've talked about this before. But one of the things that we look at when we break this down and see what Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying that the poor in spirit, a definition would be the poor in spirit are people who embrace their daily dependence upon God, regardless, everybody say regardless, regardless of what they have. And Jesus is implying here, rich people aren't happy and poor people aren't happy. It doesn't matter if you get everything you want, you'll still find some way of getting unhappy. It doesn't matter if you stay with nothing at all, wanting something else, you'll still be happy. There are poor, rich people who are happy, there are poor people who are happy, but really the blessed, happy people who are the people who embrace their daily dependence, whether rich or poor, on God. Whether you have or you have not on God. Whether you're here or there on God, regardless of what they have. And this is really an eye-opener because even if you're not even a believer in the room, you're, you're, you're just coming to church because someone just invited you. I'm just glad you're getting to hear this because doesn't it make sense? And it's this continuation. Jesus doesn't stop here. He has seven more to go. He says, 
Blessed are the people who mourn. Happy are those who mourn. Really? Yeah. For they will be comforted. I didn't say these were going to be easy to understand, and that's the kicker. Come on, that was your first clue of what we're talking about today. I didn't say this would be easy to understand. And remember, I said that. But what I am saying is, mourners are emotionally connected people who recognize, don't hide from, the bad, the unjust, and the randomness of life. Just the people who understand through their time on this earth and the life that they've lived and losing and receiving and losing and receiving and losing and receiving that you can be emotionally connected to people and life through, through family and friends to God in bad times times of injustice the randomness of life just when things just randomly happen and you don't know why you can still in no matter what circumstance understand that I have a choice to know that everything's okay and I can be happy I'll keep going here okay Jesus goes on he says blessed happy happy are the meek for they will inherit the earth And some of you would disagree with this because you were taught meekness equals weakness. Maybe that was a phrase your dad used. You went to church and dad agreed with everything that the preacher had to say except for meekness. And he turned to you and said, boy, you've got to be tough. This world, if you're going to be stupid, you've got to be tough. And you know our family is really stupid, so we've got to be really tough. This is why your grandpa's so tough. That's just funny right there. I don't care who you are. In my life, I've learned that meekness is a, pro, uh, is a proper uh, estimation and valuation of one's broader context of God's creation and love. It's this, it's this understanding that I'm not the center of the universe. Meek people embrace reality. And the reality for a meek person is not arrogance. M- meekness for a person of reality is understanding I have absolutely zero control whatsoever. An arrogant person thinks they can fix anything. They'll get it done. Just give it to me. I'll do it. But a meek person has been seasoned in life to realize I don't know how to do everything and I can humble myself. Did you hear me? I can humble myself to my God to my spouse, to my kids, and to my community. And meek people are happy people that will actually inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Jesus goes on and he gives another one. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Righteousness, a right kind of living, These happy people are those with no guilt, no regret, and a clear conscience. Let's all, don't say it with me, Uh, just see if you live here. Are you one of the happy people who has no guilt, no regrets, 
and no con- uh, uh, conscience, uh, uh, and a clear conscience, no conscience, actually a clear conscience, okay? And if you're in the room, you probably just took a gas here because you probably have some form of guilt. You probably have some form of regret. And you probably have not so much of a clear conscience. And so now you think, will I ever be happy? And can I turn to you and say, that's what we're talking about. And it has a lot to the two hints I've given you before in the behind the scene message in this, in that there are people in this room, you may be a lot older, you may be younger, but wiser, but you have found that it's taking you some time, ding, 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 another hint, some time to get to the point to where righteousness, following Jesus and letting him rebuild you, restore you, make you a new creation in Christ Jesus. You can truly say, you're not the old you. And it's been a process and it's taken some time. But you can truly say, he showed me how to deal with the guilt. He showed me how to handle the regrets and I've had something I've never really had before, but a clearer conscience because of the rebirth that God has done in my heart since I found him. It wasn't a quick fix. It took some time, but I'm not the same person I used to be. Isn't this cool? Let's go on. What else did Jesus say? Jesus said, blessed or happy are the merciful. For they will be shown mercy. I mean, let me show you what I think this means, okay? Happy are the relationally generous. Happy are those who've just learned, plural, how to love. Blessed are those with rela- who are relationally generous. These are people who give what's undeserved. They're not seeking revenge. They're not holding grudges. They're not waiting to be paid back. I am not a pro at this. I am not. It's so much easier and fun, not happy, but fun to keep a grudge. But I'm I'm slow, but I'm worth waiting on, you guys. And God's working this out in me. But I've noticed there are happy people that are relationally generous. And in time, through experience... They have been able to learn how to walk without revenge, with not holding grudges. They're not wanting to be paid back. They just realize, I could keep this score, this debt this person owes me, or I could just have the joy of just erasing the debt. And let's move on. And that wasn't fixed overnight. It took a long time to get to this point. You don't ever see a 13-year-old living like this, right? You darn sure don't see anybody in their 20s because they're so broke. They just want people to please give me something. Yeah. But there's a rhythm here, and I want you to catch the rhythm. There's a beautiful, this is this, if you've never heard this before, you're hearing some things that your spirit, your heart really needed to hear, okay? You're not happy when everything works out the way it's supposed to. You actually can be happy, and Jesus is showing you that you can, and there's a behind-the-scene message as well. Let's go on. Let's see some other stuff. You ready? Jesus says this, blessed, happy 
are the pure of heart. I love this one. For they will see God. Okay, purity isn't a popular thing just like meekness isn't either. But let me just tell you, how many of you are so unhappy because there is not a clarity with life? There's games people play with each other. There's emotions that everybody puts out there and just gets completely torn apart. Now someone's saying something about somebody else and someone's making up rumors about somebody else and somebody's now posted about somebody else. Heart and emotions and all of these things in life can bring to the point to where you are so confused, you're frustrated, you don't know who the good guys are, who the bad guys are, you don't know who's for you, you don't know who's against you, and there can be, there can be so much blindness when it comes to life. But Jesus doesn't say that. He says, blessed are the pure of heart. Blessed, happy are the pure because, no, 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 they <laughs> will see God. Now, one, two, three, go. Purity brings clarity, which brings happiness. To where you just line your life up to a clearer way of living a life of purity of thought, purity of heart, and purity of action that the world might even think is corny, old-fashioned, and weird. But that living is a promise. Jesus says, here's where happiness is, and it's not something you learn Overnight, you could. If you were raised with parents that taught you purity, if you were raised around youth pastors who taught you purity, you could know nothing else but this. But for other people that would think, I can't ever get my purity back, hogwash. It could take time to learn this different rhythm of life. But this is where real happiness is. Okay, let's find a couple more. You ready? Here we go. Blessed are the peacemakers. Oh, hey, here we go. Yeah, for they will be called children of God. Has anybody tried to be a peacemaker on Instagram recently? Yeah, dang. You just thought you were trying to do something good, make people happy. You just figured out people don't want to be happy. They want to be angry. Blessed are the peacemakers. Let me ask you a question real quick. Do you, do you know any troublemakers? Do you know any happy troublemakers? No, it's a good question. It's a good question. Because you may go, well, yeah, I'm perfectly happy. I love running people down. I'll just, let's just call the truth the truth. I'm happy calling it out. And the reality, no, no, no. Have you ever seen any happy troublemakers? According to Jesus, no. In fact, let me ask this. How about happy? He says, he's saying this, happy are the reconcilers. Happy are those who build bridges. Happy are those who can take the right and the left and get them to understand to solve problems, we've got to come in the, to the middle. Happy are the r people who can take the red and the blue and make some purple. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't as funny as I thought it was. Yeah, someone's going to get me on Instagram. I know it. Bridge building is not a gift that people were born with. Bridge building 
is something that people have to learn. And I'm giving you all these hints from where we're going, okay? Here's another one. Blessed. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Last one. Because of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This one really doesn't look like happiness, does it? I don't see the happiness of being persecuted because of the righteousness in me, the, the, the work that God has done in me. But this is where heaven is. Let me give you an explanation. You ready? You are going to suffer in this life. Pause. I don't know if someone told you differently. I don't know if that at another church in town they say something completely opposite. But can I tell you, if you preach Jesus, people are going to hate you. Okay? But even if you don't even know Jesus and you go live life however you want to live it, there's a price to pay. This is how I came up with this conclusion. You are going to suffer in this life for doing right or for doing wrong. You can be happy on one side of that equation, but not on the other. If you do wrong, if you choose wrongly, and you put your head on your pillow tonight, you lose sleep. But if you do the right thing, and people hate you for it, if you say the right thing, and people hate you for it, if you show love, and they don't show love back, if you preach the love of Jesus and they hate you for it, at least you can know they celebrated you in heaven. And you can be happy only on one side of this equation and not on the other. But you know what? Let me, this is what it's all about. It takes a lifetime to figure that out. Okay, so we've come to the conclusion of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, this beautiful Beatitudes. How'd you like it so far? Was it really good? Okay. It was all about these quick little eight points. How cool. Some of you have never heard it before. But now, what is today all about? And, and I know, you may go, that was the longest introduction I ever heard in my life. <laughs> Trust me. I know where we're going. And today, for everybody that wants to be happy, and you want to be happy God's way. Let me give you a quick tip. Happiness is not immediately accessible. It's one of the hardest things I've ever had to learn because in my youth, I wanted things to be done quick. Have you ever said this? If God's God, he can make it happen right now. And he can, but he didn't. And the, one of the processes that you have to realize is the finish line actually isn't God's win. The process in you is God's win. The process is more important than the finish line. And it's one of the most frustrating, one of the most aggravating things about being a God follower, a Jesus follower, is that patience is the one thing that will bring happiness in your life. It takes longer, it sometimes costs more, but in it, God provides all of it. He's there through all of it. He does what he needs to do in the process of you. And 
you will look back one day and you will say, thank God we did it his way. Everything in you wanted it to go faster. Everything in you wanted her to show up quicker or him to show up quicker. Yeah. No, 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 no. You don't give aid man, Heather. No, no, no. Gosh. If you're talking about us, I was ready when I was 21. You waited till I was 28. But everybody's praying for something and praying for something. How many would love for your something to happen now? Of course, me too. But can I turn to you and tell you that you're going to be the happiest if you can be patient and wait for God's perfect moment. Because happiness, according to what we saw in Jesus' teaching, none of those eight points is something you figure out instantly. It takes time. It takes a lifetime. It takes wrestling in the middle of a night. Wondering, how is my morning? How is my morning ever gonna lead to my happiness? God, I'm trying to figure out what's you and what's not you. My heart's breaking. How, how, is, how is purity how is purity ever going to lead to a place where I'm happy? Because it sure feels like I could do something I know that I shouldn't do, and it's going to bring instant gratification. And you start wrestling, and you don't figure out till months later that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you about do you want gratification or do you want truly to be blessed and happy? Do you want my plan? Or do you want to work your plan out? See, here's one of the things you're going to see all throughout Scripture. And it's called reaping and sowing. And I can turn to you and say, you reap and sow your way to happiness. This morning, I had the pleasure of talking to an incredible young man that goes to our church who last week came to me and talked about some issues and his job. How many knows jobs can make you really unhappy? Yes. Some of you are retired because jobs really made you unhappy. But the reality is he still has to work this job. And over and over he would go, this is the people I have to work with. This is the things I have to do. This is the meetings I have to have. And on top of that, this is my job description. And none of these other things fit on it. And he says, I'm trying to be the man God wants me to be. And I'm, I, I don't know what to do. And I said, how is your time with God? And he goes, really, it's pushed out from all the things I have to do. And so we set a goal this week. You've got to have quality time with your Father in heaven. You've got to have quality time with your Father in heaven. So I went to him this week, uh, today, this morning, right, right, right before church. I said, how did this week go? And he goes, it went good. I took it serious. I spent time with God. But it's hard. But it's hard. And I no joke looked at him and said, you're just going to have to farm your way into happiness. Come on, I'm going to let that set in. You're just going to have to farm your way into happiness. Now, I know what some of you are thinking right now. So you're telling me to go buy a farm. No, you're missing, <laughs> you're missing everything. You are going to go reap this message into your life. But you can't just think this message is going to fix you. You've now got to sow faith. 
And you've got to say, say, God, if I really want to be happy, then I'm going to have to stop and pause and look at the things that is really causing me unhappiness. And then you're going to have to go back and you're going to have to reap a harvest. And then you're going to have to sow some faith and you're going to have to reap some harvest and you have to sow some faith. Can I tell you the process of falling in love with people? You've got to hear about forgiveness and you've got to offer forgiveness. You've got to ask for forgiveness and you've got to give forgiveness. You've got to learn more about forgiveness and you've got to give forgiveness again. You've got to write a list of all the people who offended you and then you've got to write a list of all the people you forgave. And it's this daily process, daily process. For me, it's been a 32-year journey of, so, of reaping and sowing and reaping and sowing and reaping in my sowing to get to the point to where I can actually love people. 32 years. I know this isn't an easy fix, but you've got time. I know this is require patience, and that's actually a fruit of the Spirit. I think you should do an autopsy on happiness. And you'll discover that happiness is an outcome. An outcome of something sowed. And it turned into a harvest. And that harvest turned into something you sowed. And that turned into a harvest. To the point that you have the patience. You have the character. You have the peace to recognize that I didn't farm my way into my unhappiness. Well, you know what? Yes, you know what? You did. You farmed your way into your unhappiness. You sowed and reaped and sowed and reaped and sowed and reaped and sowed and reaped into your unhappiness. And now we're going to trust God as he washes us with his blood and we sow and weep and we sow and reap 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 into the happiness that God has for us. Now, Jesus says this, okay? Well, Jesus' happiness is not immediately accessible, but it will require patience, okay? Ha-ha-ha! Look at how Jesus closes this this Sermon on the Mount. Therefore, everyone hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. Who takes what I give them and now goes and sows what I gave them. For everybody who takes what I've given them and puts it to work, he is like, uh, everyone who hears these words of mine, and does not put them into practice. Is that the one we're out? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So when you practice and reap and practice and reap, and when you put this into practice, you will be like the man who built his house on the rock. And the wind's going to come and the rain's going to fall, but your house remains. But not so. But everyone who hears these words of mine 
and does not practice them. Sow and reap, sow and reap, sow and reap. If you choose not to do this, you'll be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. You'll be like a very unhappy man who did not practice what really I gave to make him happy. And this is why I thought today was so important. Listen, I'm fully aware. In today's day and age, if you get hungry, you just stop off the quick food place and get some food. If you're bored, you just call or text your friends. If you're curious, you just get on Instagram or Facebook and see what's happening. Everything is instant. But can I tell you, we're all here today, even the ones who may not even know Jesus, because we started this journey last week in saying, what would Jesus have to say about your happiness? And if you're online right now, you're watching because of an invitation that came your way. The only way that you're going to see the happiness that God has for you is you have to give him some time and practice some patience. And we've got to farm our way to the happiness that God is saying, it's right here. And it's going to take faith, and you're going to sow in your reaping, and you're sowing your reaping, and you're sowing in your weeping. And I can turn to you and tell you that one day you will turn around. And it's felt like forever, and it's probably hadn't even been that long. And you will think to yourself, I am so glad I did it. God's way. Let me, let me close with a few things. Paul has something to say about this. Paul says in Galatians, do not be deceived, you guys. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. He goes on. For the one who sows to his flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. Everybody say but. but. Give me a happy but. but. There you go. The one who sows to his spirit. Hmm. Did you know there was such a thing? Did you know that maybe one of your unhappy reasons for being unhappy is you keep sowing and reaping to the flesh. And you've got to sow and reap your way into happiness. The spirit. But the one who sows to the Spirit will, from the Spirit, reap eternal life. But then there's an encouragement Paul gives, okay? And Paul says this, hey, let us not grow weary in doing good. For in due season, we will reap if we do not give up. I don't know why when I read this, there's a Matthew McConaughey's uh, accent that comes with it. Now, that's it. I've, I've suffered from this all week long. Let me just do it the way I've wanted to do it. Y'all ready? All right, here we go. All right, if you're not offended yet, you're about to be. Here we go. All right, all right, all right. And let's not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, y'all, we will reap it. It's going to come. If we do not give up. And, and, whoa, 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 whoa. and we just get green light, green light, green light, green light. <laughs> was, that, 
<laughs> was that? that? Heather, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> now listen, listen, the band's coming up. Fabian's coming up. Come on, I need you. I need you to lean in for a minute. You're about to go do Fourth of July. This is the only sermon I'm preaching all week. If you're online, come on, would you lean in for a minute? Just listen to me. I'm getting chill bumps right now because this matters a lot to me. I want you to be happy. I really want you to be happy. I want you to experience all the good of life. I want you to know how much God loves you. Can I turn to you and tell you how much I love you? I want you to be happy. But Jesus points to an amazing truth. Sometimes happiness doesn't happen immediately. There's things we learn when we mourn. Mourning gives us a revelation to things that we never would see. If we just wanted to be happy all the time. Just, I, just, I just want to be me. I just want to. No, come here. Let me show you something. There is depth in happiness when we mourn. And when we mourn, we just want to get out of it as fast as we can. God, heal my heart. Get me out of this. God, what happened? God, where are you? God, where are you? And it breaks his heart too. But can I turn to you and tell you that you're going to trust God and you're going to let him heal your heart. And you're going to trust God and let him heal your heart. Trust God and let him heal your heart. And trust God and let him heal your heart. And this is a long process. You're going to go through many emotions. You're going to go through anger one day. You're going to feel like giving up the next. But you're going to keep sowing and reaping and sowing your reaping and sowing your reaping. And I will turn to you one day and tell you, though this experience never leaves your heart, it won't. It won't ever leave your heart. You will end up becoming a happier person and a better person because of the time that you let God have and the patience you gave him. that gave you a deeper depth of knowledge into what you experienced. This is happiness. You will turn around and go, I'm not the same person I used to be. Righteousness, purity, all of these things, guys, don't give up, don't give up. Paul even closes by saying this. So then, as they have opportunity, let's do good to everyone. And especially those who, huh, what? The who's in our life. This is last week's message. Especially to the who's in our life who are of the household of faith. There are people sitting right next to us who are believing God, sowing and reaping and sowing and reaping. Can I turn to you and be the who that God put in you's life and say don't give up on what God's doing don't give up on what God's doing please listen to me don't give up on what God's doing God's not done with your story yet if, if, if it's not good God's not done if you're not happy we're closer than we were don't give up don't give up don't give up let's sow and reap and sow and reap and sow and reap and we're going to sow and reap our way to happiness and I want to pray for you right now 
Father, I pray for everybody in this room in our online campus that just want to be happy. And it's taken longer than they thought because it does take longer. It is patience. It is sowing and reaping. And Father, today I pray that you would stir the gifts inside every one of us. Father, we're not quitting. We're not quitting. And I know you're no quitter. We're not giving up, we're not quitting, we're not stopping. As stressful as it may be, as hard as it may be, as difficult, we got time to sow and reap, sow and reap, sow and reap. One day, it will all make sense. But today, I'm gonna keep my chin up, my faith large, and to trust in the Lord with all of my heart, and to lean not on my own understandings, but in all of my ways, acknowledge Him, and He will direct my paths. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The worship team is going to play. And I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up. Heather's going to be over here. Coocher, you guys, you, all the coochers, you guys, yeah, y'all are the best. Y'all are awesome. Everybody here, we're just going to milk you guys till y'all go to Austin, okay? And everybody, all my prayer team's coming up, my prayer team. If you're in this room and you feel like giving up, if you're in this room and you're like, this is taking longer than I thought it was going to take, my heart is crushed, but what I heard today makes perfect sense, but I've got to have somebody pray for me. This prayer team is here because they love you. And so while this worship team plays, everybody stand to your feet. If you need prayer, get out, come forward, and these guys and gals would love to pray for you. If you're in this room, okay, and you would say, Pastor Ty, I have never accepted Christ as my Savior. But I'm darn, I'm darn sure no, I know exactly what it means to sow to your flesh. And I am so unhappy. How do you follow Jesus? If you would like to know how to follow Jesus, while the band's playing, just grab your stuff. Turn to the person next to you and say, okay, oh, the person you came with, and say, will you give me five minutes? I want Ty to tell me how to follow Jesus. And today, when you leave this church, you will have said a prayer that we call the sinner's prayer. You have decided to follow Jesus. So let me tell you more about it. Meet me by the Jesus sign out there. Just grab your stuff, go out the hall, and I'll be in the back, right back there. Here's our prayer team. The worship leaders are gonna lead us. Come on, guys, let's worship the Lord.